you know, that's something that I definitely have to cut down on, um, especially kind of those interceptions that are around the middle of the field. Um, I've, I've, I've been have taken chances of throwing it deep sometimes and kind of getting those interceptions on third and long and stuff like that, and that kind of in turn kind of is a punt. Um, but whenever you're throwing interceptions around the middle of the field, uh, that usually puts the defense in bad situations. So that's something I definitely need to, to work on as the season goes on. And finally, Show and BK on the Chiefs is back, including you, Steven Serta, looking really, really cute and self. I don't know why I just said that. Looking really cute and stuff. Let's stop. Let's start that over. Thank that. you. That was that was. That was <laughs> Let's start that over. And finally, we are back. Show and BK on the Chiefs. Every Friday, we do this. Uh, Steve Serta is in the building. I see you. And your little black and white T-shirt. You look really. You look really, really fresh tonight. You're like, like you're gonna really get a good Steve tonight. Gonna get good Steve I'm, tonight. I'm leaving all of this in the podcast. Everything that we just went through. Let's start. I know thing. you did. I all don't right. know why you repeated it. I don't know why you went back to it. All right, let's start it over again. Then. No, no, I, I know you are, and and, and it's fine. And I, I would, I, you'd be nice if you would just leave that first part off. I obviously clearly messed up, but I know you, Steve. You, you think that's gold? Do you find that? As as gold, what a jerk you are! All right, BK man, uh, how you doing, man? You look yeah, you look very excited about your life as well. <laughs> I, I don't know how to take that, but I'll take it. Uh, I'm all right, man. Um, Want to take it? We uh, we're getting a new fence this week, so that has uh, really taken over my life. I've I've done a lot of yard work, which is a new experience for me. I'm not exactly the most manly of men, um, but we're we're finding a way through it, Ron. We're finding God, a way through. Man. Brandon, that's you've hit it. I ask that man, <laughs> sir. I ask that man, hey man, you look really excited about life. How's it going? Well, we got a new fence. <laughs> when did when did that take over your? When did that get to your lifestyle? Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> well, man, we got a new fence. It's taking over my life now. Hey man, I, I'm I'm 28 years old and I'm washed. I'm absolutely washed. There's nothing more to look forward to. I bought a house. I have a mortgage to pay. It's oh, it's over. Yeah, that's big Ron, boy Ron, right you, there. You, you know how this is. Once you get big there, boy. it's over. It's all downhill from here. That's all right, man. I just got my new sprinkler system put in. It put <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. You, and I get up at 5.30 to look out the window to watch it on Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> hey, Friday. You're, ju- you're juiced. Oh, I'm juiced amped out there. And then I'm, I go out there and look and see, hey, man, it's not hitting. This, this space right here is not getting it. I'm like, man, we got to get this thing out. I got to want to see. I want to time it. I want to see if that timer's right. Should be 10 minutes on the side, 20 minutes out front, 20 minutes, 15 on the side. Of just All right. Now we're really old. Wow. 28. Now, before, before we get off of this, the worst part is like you think you're never going to be lawn guy until you get a house and then you immediately become lawn guy. And you're oh, like, what, well, what, what do I need to do to get my lawn up to par with that guy that's down the street? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to embarrass it. And then yeah. we'll see if you get to that point. We'll see if you get to the point where you throw your hands in the air and you say, all right, man, this $35 a week is worth it to allow Henry to come cut my grass because he's going to do a much better job at cutting my grass and, 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 and trimming my hedges because, yeah, I, I've stopped. Now this spring, I'm out here watching now. The sprinkler. We got that I'm, afternoon money. It's a little different. I'm I'm still in middays, man. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm sure you you probably find somebody in St. Louis named Freddie who'll do it for fifteen bucks in a sandwich. So you could probably you probably do that. My mom, my mom drove out here. His name's Hank. I Hank. know in, in Houston so it might be Freddie. Out here it's Hank. <laughs> my, man, hello, my man, my mom pulled up. My mom came into town. She pulled up. She goes, man, you're doing such a good job with this grass. <laughs> 
Did you, you just say thank it? you? Did you just did say you thank you? It? Yeah, yeah. I said, man, mom, you know I ain't touched that grass. And the <laughs> thing is, I feel so bad. I mean, we're off in it to it, so I'm going to tell it. <laughs> There's this man across the street. Like, it took me a minute to release, not, you know, to stop cutting that grass. And Lord knows, man, I was I was doing, I was doing it. I'm on a corner lot, so I got an edge on the sidewalk, on the inside, and then my yard, too. So I, I was looking at it, and there's this guy across the street. I think he's a military guy. His name's Dan. I think he's a military guy, but he's he's got one arm. We've not reached the <laughs> stage of the conversation of how he lost the arm, but he's always wearing a Marine shirt when he's running and cutting. But he cuts his grass, and he's got one one gun, and he and he's pushing that, and I see him every week, and I'm like <laughs> – Man, and edges dude, and everything. Like, yes, he does it all. <laughs> he does his entire yard, and he does it every week. And I see him out there, and I'm like, and for the first couple months, I'm like, I gotta keep cutting too. Like, I that guy's got one arm. I can't relinquish it if he's gonna cut it. Nah, man, that guy's never gonna respect me. I got, <laughs> I got nothing to prove to him. I don't know. I, you're right. I do feel like he's lost a little respect, but I feel much better about my job and how I spend my time now. That I do, but it, it took me a couple months because that guy with the one arm is going to keep cutting the grass. That hell, I feel like I should too. The guy across the street from us is sixty at a minimum, like maybe closer to seventy. But I'm going to respect my elders. He's probably closer to sixty. Um, and, and that man is doing everything. Like he has perfect manicured landscaping all around his house. He's out there with the push mower at least once a week, sometimes twice, depending on where his grass is at. I mean, it's. It's a it's an impressive job that he's doing, and to keep up with that man, you, I told you I'm 29 years old. There's expectations here. I got I got to be able to live up to it. I'm just saying. I know this this name will completely fly over Surtis head, but I got Jim Abbott cutting the grass <laughs> next door, and I'm looking because I want to get out there and I want to see. Because I'm serious, how is he starting it? Pull it's a push. He's pulling it and keeping it down to start. Like how is he doing both? How is he pulling and keeping it down? Like, I want to watch that so bad if he's able to do that in one motion. Is he doing it with his knee? Has he got his knee? To step on it. Put your foot on it. Well, you got to hold it. You got to hold so, it. Sir does never mode. Have you ever cut grass? <laughs> I mean, it's never been, used a lawnmower. It's been, it's been it's what the hell are you talking years. about? It's been probably 20 years since I've mowed a lawn. 20 certain stole tennis? on himself what do you mean step on it not a go I, do you know you can't just like put your foot on the lawnmower and pull the thing <laughs> no you gotta you gotta hold I live, you gotta I hold live in it's the handles it's you gotta the handles, handles, I live in apartments all right you, you i haven't hold. cut a lawn since i was like in middle school this has got to be one of the more embarrassing moments but for you you're not embarrassed you gotta hold but you gotta hold it i'd be embarrassed about that you My gotta hold it sucks you gotta hold it down and pull and pull it to start it. It won't start unless unless it's held. And I mean, it's he's pretty hard. Like he's got like a clip or something that he throws on there. It's, it's got. He's got to have some rope or a knee. I mean, but I never get. I never get to see him start it. He's always in it already. So I'm. But needless to say, I'm. I'm not gonna keep. I'm not gonna stop cutting my grass. Damn it! Start cutting my grass again because. This this is so much better. I feel real good about myself when he gets done cutting that grass, and I throw that bag of, of grass in the in the trash. So, anyhow, uh, that just uh, completely got away from us. I want to say this as we get into the Chiefs as they play Buffalo. All right, I'm gonna say it right now. We're gonna do our predictions as we do at the end of the game. But I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, guys. I'm gonna pick the Bills. 
Uh, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills in this game, and uh, this is why. Uh, I'm an evidence person. Uh, and you give me a little bit of uh, uh, a sample size, that's something I go with. And with the evidence the Chiefs have given me, uh, I I have a hard time trusting that they can beat other good teams that they don't just overpower in terms of talent and and smarts. And so the Eagles last week, they just over uh, – they, they, they're much better coached than Nick Sirianni and whatever that, that outfit is. And they just have much better talent in that group. So uh, that's, that's one thing. But what we've seen when they play teams with equal talent or close to it, the Chiefs make mistakes, they make errors, they turn the ball over, they get penalties, and their defense – gets its ass handed to them by anybody they play, good or bad. They just made Jalen Hurts an an MVP candidate with their performance. 380 and 90 on the on the ground. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, I listen, I like Jalen. I respect Jalen. Right. I, I think if he got with the right coach and the right system, maybe he could he could be better than what we see, but he ain't that good. And the Chiefs made everybody Everybody who's played the Chiefs, it feels like, have played their best game. All the quarterbacks, everybody. So when their defense can't stop a soul, even the Eagles, who couldn't do nothing with Dallas uh, the week before but did whatever the hell they want, putting up 30 points on the Chiefs' defense, and they make the mistakes with turnovers. They've got seven turnovers in the last three games, another really bad interception for the third week in a row for Patrick Mahomes, uh, something no business he needs to he needs to be doing. Again, this is not – this is a trend. This is something that I'm looking at, and I'm like, all right, this, this, is, this is how I have to view them as what they are. And so at this point, now they may do something Sunday against Buffalo that make me change my thought process to give me new evidence. But right now, as I see it, BK and Serta, I got to pick the Bills because I just don't trust the Chiefs against other good teams because they just make too many mistakes and they play awful defense. It's interesting because I actually come at it from a very different vantage point. Um, I actually think this is the week that we see the Chiefs, the team that we expected to see coming into the season, uh, show their true colors. And the game that I would compare this to is last year, the Chiefs started 2-0, but it wasn't a particularly impressive 2-0. Week one, they went up against Houston, defense didn't look great, and they ended up winning that game by 14, but it wasn't like a super impressive win. And then week two, they went into overtime against Justin Herbert in his professional debut after their starting quarterback got stabbed in the chest right before the game. And they won that game in overtime by three points. Week three is when we saw for the first time that year, the the true Chiefs. And that was when they went into Baltimore. And I thought it was their most impressive performance of the entire season. Defensively, they were locked in from start to finish against Lamar offensively I thought in the first half it's as well as I've seen Andy Reid game plan for any individual game in years it was a Mona Lisa for Andy Reid I think we're going to see something similar this week because I think the Chiefs know this is the game man if they want any chance of being the number one seed this year you've got to win this one you already lost the tiebreaker against the Ravens you lost at least the first game against the Chargers you beat the the Browns. That's a big one. 
if you're able to get one up on the uh, Buffalo Bills here, you've still got a chance because you still control your destiny in the AFC West. If you can do this against the Bills, you got a shot for the number one seed. If you lose this one, the number one seed conversation might be over in week five. This is the biggest game of the year for them, and it is the barometer of where they're at this early in the season. This has Andy Reid beauty game written all over it. Yeah, and, and I'll just throw this. You know, you said Mona Lisa, and they've had – yeah, he's done it in the past. This year, he's just been putting up a bunch of Jim Rosses, Bob Ross's brother. Like, that's what that, – that, that's that's the paintings they've been putting up right now. And it, and it's it's four or five weeks worth of Jim Rosses that he's been putting up. And I don't mean the, the, the wrestling broadcaster. No, Bob Ross's brother, Jim Ross, who paints too but doesn't paint as good – as Bob or or or, or any great artist ever. All right. I don't know why and, you're just mowing down Jim Ross right now. I'm not. I'm just putting. I'm just telling you, Jim. That's what the kind of performance that, that that Andy has been putting together. I know it's in there, but I'm just saying the evidence that we see right here. And look, yeah, that that Ravens game, they showed up and did that. And that defense. I don't know what the hell you could watch, Serta, to think that that defense at any point have done anything to make you believe they can put something together like they did against the Ravens. Not last year's defense. I'm talking about these jokers that you've seen walk out here the last four or five weeks for the Chiefs. I, I, I'd like to, to, to hearken back to last year to say, boy, this is, this is when they turn it around. They started off six and four, and then they went on and won everything and won the Super Bowl two years ago. But I'm looking at these cats, and these cats don't look like I, – I just – I want to reiterate this if I didn't, or maybe I may be just iterating it for the first time, but I'm not saying that the Chiefs aren't capable of being able to beat the teams like the Bills. I'm just saying right now for the evidence and this sample size, and this is four plus games, this sample size, it's hard for me to get back to think that that defense can do anything like they did against the Ravens last year. It's hard for me to get to the point that to see Andy Reid just go in there and paint up a masterpiece now that one is a little easier to see because he's done it for so long but just saying from what we've had this year they just seem to be confusion on how to get guys open around there and I don't know they've done their best job finally Clyde Edwards Alaire is in the passing game for for at some at some level last week especially early in the game but I just I just don't I just don't know what they've shown to make you believe that they can get to that level in the last four weeks I understand why you feel that way, and I think that's totally reasonable based on what we've seen from this Chiefs defense to open the season. And I have zero confidence right now that they're going to come out and look great or anything, but I'm still leaning the Chiefs in this football game, so I'm a little closer to BK's side of the argument because... I just think this is that game. I, I, I totally agree with what he is saying, where the Bills are super hyped right now. They're three and one. They've been outscoring opponents by crazy margins. They're, they've been dominant on defense. They've also had an easy schedule. The Chiefs have had the toughest schedule in the NFL to this point so far, and it's not really that close. And they're still kind of going through those growing pains that we see them go through Every year, I think this game is that wake up call for the Kansas City Chiefs where it's okay. This legitimately with the way we decided to start the season has ramifications that could affect us the rest of the season. If we go two and three 
in the first five games of the year with three AFC losses, it's legitimately jeopardizing what we can do in the postseason. And I think that's going to change the focus. And maybe the defense still looks like trash. I think Buffalo's offense is a little overrated based on the on the defenses that they've played so far this season. And Josh Allen hasn't been quite the MVP Josh Allen that he was last season. I just think this is the game where Chiefs show up and look dominant and they get enough stops. Maybe they don't look great on defense, but they get enough stops, maybe force a turnover. Josh Allen has only got two interceptions on the season, but he's had plenty of careless plays. They just haven't been getting picked off. So I think the defense is going to have an opportunity to create some turnovers this week. So I'm confident that this is going to be the best game that we've seen them play so far. Uh, I, I just look we, at this as such a measuring stick game for the Chiefs that it's when Andy Reid shows up. We've seen him coast. Man, there, there are a lot of games. I, I think in, against Philly even in some ways. They kind of coasted. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that against the Chargers because they know later on this year if they have to play the Chargers again in a meaningful game, uh, they're going to be able to break out some stuff against them that maybe they weren't able to do in the first time around. This is when you see his best stuff. If you don't see his A script against the Bills, man, when are you going to see it? Because you start looking at the schedule, like you're not going to see it against Washington. You're not seeing it get a, a, against Tennessee, the Giants. The Packers game is going to be fun for us as viewers and as fans. But in terms of the standings, that has very little meaning. It's a non-conference opponent. That game has very few ramifications when it comes to tiebreakers. I mean, if you don't see it here, you're probably waiting until the next Chargers game in week 15 where we get the true ace grip from Andy Reid. You typically get three, maybe four of those a year. This is the game, man. This is the one. If he doesn't use it here, I think then you'll have legitimate questions as to what the ceiling is for the Chiefs in 2021. And, and I believe all of that is possible. But I feel like I, maybe I'm remembering things wrong. I feel like we've had this conversation about this is the game the last several weeks. I know coming into the season when they play Cleveland, because I was preaching it all offseason, they are pissed. They are pissed. They got embarrassed against Tampa, and they're showing they're going to show everybody that this is our year, and we're going to try to beat the hell out of teams. Hang on, hang on. I wasn't saying that. In Cleveland week one, I was like, this game is going to be close. It is going to be tight. Everyone acts like the Chiefs are going to just run through the Browns. I was like, no, this game is going to be tight, and the Cleveland Browns are really good. Ron, I did what's think happening they were is do you're, that with the Eagles. You're you're running into your own expectations. Well, fine. I'll speak me. for myself. I'll speak for myself. Then. I, 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 no, I'll speak for myself. I, but I know some of y'all in the last couple of weeks brought up and said this is the one. I'm pretty sure somebody last week said this is the get back. This is the get right game. It was offensively, they were great. They were great last week. I know somebody said that. And I agree with BK, though. It was kind of because they just coasted through that game. Yeah, that wasn't – no, they were in a ball game in the fourth quarter to start the fourth quarter. They were in a one-possession game. There wasn't a damn – that wasn't a get-back game. All right, it ended – they played better in the fourth. They're in a ball game and a dogfight in the fourth quarter to start. All right, I'll speak for myself then. Then everybody said it. No one else has said anything. I said against the Browns, I thought they were going to really show – the, the 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 world, hey, we're not the team that got beat against Tampa. And then they came back and they had to have a punter drop a, 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 a snap that was snapped right to them that really helped them win the game. Then the next week against the Ravens, 
I believe we were saying, all right, man, people are talking about they're down. I think they're going to be on Sunday night football and they're going to show that the Ravens, and I know this was me, that the Ravens are a team that they are going to be able to get, right? And in that game, they lost. Then I know we talked about the next, the, the next week. All right, they're at home. They just lost the game. They're at home against the Chargers. This is a game where they get and they go out and show the Chargers who they are. They're going to play at home and they're going to beat this team. Uh-uh, didn't happen. Last week, it's the get-right game. It's the get-right game. They give up 30 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, maybe it is just me all by myself saying these are these things about the Chiefs, although I don't believe that is the case. I'm just saying up to this point, we keep talking about, or okay, I keep talking about these, Thank you. these, these performances that we think we're going to see from the Chiefs. We keep talking about these performances that we think we're going to see improve from the previous week, and we don't, and we don't see them, and we still come back like either they lost and it was disappointing, or – they won like they did against the Eagles Sunday, and it was like, God, I expected more than that. I expected more than that. I didn't think this defense was going to get pushed around. I just – I don't know, man. Like, you guys can feel feel the game coming, and maybe next week you'll say, no, well, maybe no, the Bills, they just – you know, it, it was Sunday night or something, and it was playoff baseball that was on their mind or something, and they, they nope. were – not this week. Not this week. But I, I just it's like, I don't week. know, man. I'm, I'm. They're, they're giving me too much evidence. They turn the ball over on offense, and they can't stop a nosebleed. So I guess here's the question: Are we talking about the offense, or are we talking about the defense, or are we talking about the team? Because I'm just talking about the team in general. That the Chiefs would look like, 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 man. To me, they don't look like like a Super Bowl contender. No, that's fair. Like the the the, the, the entire way they've played. They don't. They've not looked like a Super Bowl contender. They don't look like like when you look at the Cardinals. They don't look like they played at that level completely as a team. You look at hell Buffalo completely. We'll see what happens Sunday, but completely as a team at that level, they just. I don't know, man. I, I, I like this. Maybe this is the week. And as I've said, I'm not saying they're not capable of it, but right now I just got to go with what the evidence is. And the evidence is they don't do the things that you think. They don't do the things that you need teams to do to beat other good teams. I hear you. Um, I don't think the defense is going to be good. So, like, <laughs> I, I'm just operating <laughs> under the assumption that that's just not going to get fixed. Like, unless they make some in-season personnel changes, I'm just not sure how you go from legitimately one of – conservatively speaking, the three worst in the NFL to good. I think they might be passable. I think they might be able to do things to make Josh Allen uncomfortable in this game. And that's what I'm really looking for is like, can you get key stops? Can you avoid not allowing or not making the other team punt? That that should be the goal this year, this week. Can you make the bills punt? If you can do that, you feel a little better about it. Um, but I, I go into this one, man, I, I'm focusing more on the offense. Like, I know if you look at all the per-drive stats, they've been outstanding, but they have turned the ball over too often, and that's a problem. You can't do that when your defense is this bad. Your no. margin for error is zero. And this is the game where I do think that is what I'm looking at on this, Ron, is I think the game script is going to be perfect for Andy Reid in this one. I think he's going to have some stuff ready to go for us that we have not seen yet so far this year. I think you're going to see some things in the running game 
that were blown away, away by. This feels like another potential big Clyde game, just like it was a year ago, because I think the Bills are going to invite the Chiefs to run the football quite a bit, and that might allow you to run for five or six yards a pop. They're going to try to make it go matriculate down the field the way that we've seen so far this year. I think the Chiefs are just going to take it, and they're going to uh, yeah. go for it. And I, I think it's going to be a big week for the offense. Yeah, I think the Chiefs' offense can go. It's just, I mean, they've got it like three weeks in a row. They've got to have their quarterback, the best in the league, stop having to hell with it moments. Hell, to hell with it. Hell, I'll just throw it. Like, he can't do that. And it's not just one week, not two weeks. It's three weeks. It's three straight weeks. And if they play the way they played against the Eagles on Sunday against the Bills, they're going to lose. Right. In my opinion, they're going to lose with careless turnovers. And if that's what if he if Jalen Hurts can do that to them, then Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and that crew and that Dustin Knox kid, that crew, they're going to they're going to do a number on the Chiefs. And that to hell with it turnover that Pat has just dialed up here the last three weeks won't work. So it'll be good. I I, hey, I hope that we come out of this game next week and I'm like, okay, the Chiefs look like the Super Bowl contenders that we expect them to be. But right now, I can't do that. I got to go with what I've seen. And what I've seen is they do everything that you would say don't do when you play other good teams. That's what I thought. Welcome into Steve's Universe. I still have put zero thought into what the name of this thing should be, or really even any thought in into what I'm actually doing here, but I hope that you guys are listening each and every week. Uh, if you went and saw Venom Let There Be Carnage, I apologize. It is not a good film. I did not enjoy it at all, but... New James Bond comes out this weekend. No time to die. I'm super excited about that. As we uh, put a bow tie on Daniel Craig's James Bond, I'm thrilled for it. I absolutely love Casino Royale and Skyfall, two of the best James Bond movies ever made. So I'm super excited for No Time to Die. And let's get into some fantasy advice. I really like LaVisca Chanel as a fantasy sleeper this week. Had a career high in fantasy yards last week on Thursday Night Football, and he gets the Tennessee Titans this week, one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, and it's not close, like actually worse than the Chiefs secondary right now. So I absolutely love LaVisca Chanel, and for the first time, the Jaguars actually started throwing him the ball down the field. Turns out he's fast and he can make plays down the field. He's an athletic wide receiver. Who knew? Thank you, Urban Meyer, for figuring something out as a head coach in the NFL. Please keep feeding LaVisca Chenault. I think he's going to have a good opportunity to get really involved this week. So get LaVisca Chenault into your lineups. Let's get back to show and BK. All right, let's do what we do every week when the Chiefs have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball, the big thing people are going to be talking about is Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is uh is is we'll see if he's actually activated playing this game. He is on the 53-man roster now, and I think he will be active in this game. But I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I know I'm supposed to have a take. I have no idea what this dude's gonna look like. No clue. Last time he played, he was playing in some league that fans voted on with Johnny Manziel. 
That was the last time he played football. He has not played in the NFL in almost 700 days. So we'll see. I'm not completely sure what he is going to look like. I've got no clue what to expect when uh, when Josh Gordon steps on the field on Sunday. I think if I was to guess what role he gets, I think he plays the Byron Pringle role. And what I mean by that is right around 25% of the snaps. I think that's what you'll see from him in week one. Pringle was around 15-ish snaps per week so far this season. That sounds about right to me, um, just because it. everybody says that it takes a long time to be able to truly understand and grasp this Andy Reid offense. If that yep. is the case for him as well, I wouldn't expect him to be like in the McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson role. I'm with you though. In terms of his like what we can actually ex- expect from him success-wise, I have no idea. He appears to be in great shape, but that doesn't really tell me anything about his football capabilities. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think you're going to see at least a couple of targets for them to for them to find out what he yeah. can do in the offense. But I wouldn't expect anything more than two or three targets, 35 to 40 yards. I think that should be considered a successful game in week one for him. I'm guessing Sert is going to tell everybody what they hope for him to be. Yeah. This is a- well, let me, let me tell you something. As oh, the God. biggest Josh Gordon supporter who has ever lived. One You've of been his, trying to get Josh Gordon in one of his biggest for fan, five years. Uh, you know, I don't play Madden anymore, but back when I played Madden franchise mode, you better bet I had Josh Gordon on my team every time he became a free agent from the Cleveland Browns. What are we doing? He's always been in fantastic shape. That's never been the issue with Josh Gordon. He's always in better shape than everybody else on the football field. So we didn't have to worry about that. I do agree with BK, though, that we're way overestimating what his impact is going to be. At least in game one, Chiefs fans are already like, this is like Randy Moss joining the Patriots huh. or something. And it's like, no, they already got that guy. That's Tyree kill. He's not going to take snaps away from Tyreek. He's not going to take looks away from Kelsey. Those are the focal points of the offense. Josh Gordon is Sammy Watkins. And I totally agree this first week while they're getting him used to it. Although Andy Reed mentioned this week that he knows some of the offensive terminology already from his time with B- Brad Childress in Cleveland, that's why he's been able to pick it up so fast. I would be shocked if Josh Gordon plays more than like 20, 25% of the snaps. I mean, you got to admit Sammy Watkins being what Sammy Watkins is. That's pretty, I feel like that's pretty lofty to me. Like I, that's what they brought him in for though. I know, that's what, that I know that's what they brought him in for, but I mean, I'm just saying that, that I mean, that's pretty lofty. Uh, and I don't think you're saying reap one right away, but that that's pretty lofty. Like I, what I remember is Kelvin Benjamin, and that's what I'm, I'm like. That that's to me what I to base base it on. They're not the same player, but I'm just talking about. There was a point in the season they bring a receiver who hasn't played in a minute on the team, and that and that type of usage rate is he going to get used more than Kelvin Benjamin? I, I, like I remember, Kelvin Benjamin was in. Uh, he was locked into one of the one of Pat's no look passes that he had no idea coming. I, I remember that about him, but I, I like that's 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 the, better than Calvin. I, I, it'd be great if he is. I don't I, like I don't know how good he is. I, that's all I'm saying is I'm not saying he stinks. I'm not saying he's he's great. I don't know. I just have no idea what to expect. I'm just trying I to mean, think of the last time they brought a receiver in 
like this, it was Kelvin Benjamin. And that, that's to me, is he going to get that type of usage or more? That, that, that Like that's in my mind what I'm basing. And it's it's not just that, right? Like the, the Chiefs have brought in some exciting potential offensive talents in recent years. No, and most of the that. time, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Kelvin Benjamin, fans get very excited because there's name recognition around it. And then by the end of the year, it flames out. They end up being inactive or not on the roster by the time the playoffs come around and everybody's kind of moved on to, okay, well, the name was very exciting. I'm glad we tried that out. It didn't work and we move forward. It's possible Josh Gordon ends up being the same thing. Like it, it is not, it's a non-zero chance. Josh Gordon does not work out in Kansas City and they go back to what they had previously. No, I don't. Be, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's like 28 and was just done. And, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think Josh Gordon's going to work out. Here's my question for you, Ron. So Sammy Watkins in his Chiefs career averaged right around 45 yards per game. If I set that as the over-under for the end of the season for Josh Gordon, 45 receiving yards per game, would you take the over or the under for Gordon at the end of the year? I'd probably take the under. Uh, not by a whole bunch. I'd probably take the under. I'd just take the under one because I don't trust him to stay – I, I can't trust him to stay on the field all the time, the whole sure. way. Uh, and, uh, I like, I still think this offense is – is designed to be about those two guys and uh, and they're going to get the bulk of it and and Pat's looking for them and and he is hunting them down and they're going to get the bulk of it so um like I, I don't know that 45 yards is something that he'll get you know game in and game out so I would bet the under on that yeah so what would you take I would probably bet the under. I'd be shocked if Sammy Watkins ever averaged more than 45 yards a game with the Chiefs. I think he just told you he, he did. He did. My dog. My dog. Pretty sure he just told you he did. Sammy was at 41 year, like 47 another, and 51 other year. So it, for his okay. entire time here. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He, he was right around 45. Where are you, man? Oh, um, right. I, I think I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I, I'm surprised I'm the highest on on this. I, I actually think I would take the over, not by a lot, but I, I think right around there feels about right to me because I think he's going to make some big plays. Like if this hits, I think he's going to have a couple 50 or 60 yard touchdowns because he's going to see coverage on his side of the field uh, that is unlike anything he's really seen since his time in Seattle. So I, I think I would probably take the over because of some of the big play threats that he brings to the table. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I know that's the, the the one big thing a lot of Chiefs fans are interested to see in Josh Gordon making his debut on Sunday night football against the Buffalo Bills. What a time to be alive. All right. The other thing when the Chiefs get the ball, uh, fellas, this to me is going to be a, a good test for the offensive line. Um, the, I, listen, I watched the Buffalo Bills. I rewatched their game last week as they beat the hell out of the Texans. And the Texans stink. But they beat the hell out of the Texans. But up front, that defensive line for the Buffalo Bills, they are nasty and physical. And they got guys up there. Uh, and, and and we'll see Ed Oliver, Star Latour, whatever Star's last name is, I'm sure. Latour Yeah, that's it. And Jerry Hughes, those guys up front, they are physical. 
they are uh, they are really really good, and it is going to be a really good test for it. like Orlando Brown. That interior that interior has been really really good, and Lucas Niang on the outside. This will be big. They have been really good the last couple of weeks in the run game. Clyde has had had a lot of room to roam. That's what they've needed to do. They've been really good. We'll see if they can continue that because this is a physical ass group up front for the Buffalo Bills. Really interesting at linebacker as well. They've got more speed yes. guys than they do like physicality at linebacker, but they make up for that, like you said, with what they have up front. And they're really deep along the defensive line. They've got a lot of dudes that they can rotate in. I know a lot of a lot of people were interested in Boogie Basham, defensive end uh, in the draft. He is on the Bills. AJ Epinesa has had a pretty decent start to the season. They've got Vernon Butler, a defensive tackle. They've got a lot of dudes that can come in and rotate in. This is a big test. And so far, every time that the Chiefs' interior has been tested, they've responded to the challenge. There's some reps where you can tell, like, hey, those guys are rookies in the, with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. But overall, they've been everything you could have asked for and then some. Trey Smith has been arguably their most dominant offensive lineman so far this season in the running game. He is just, man, he's a joy to watch. He's the most exciting offensive guard that they've had at least in the entire Andy Reid era, and maybe dating all the way back to, like, Will Shields. And I'm not saying he's Will Shields, but since then, I'm not sure I've enjoyed watching another offensive guard. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, the way that I have with Trey Smith this year. So this is a big one, man, and I want to see what he looks like going up against their interior. He was tested in a big way last week. Fletcher Cox is a really good defensive tackle, probably the third best one in the league, but it's a little different with Philly. They don't have the depth. That this defensive yeah, line does. They're going to throw and, a lot at you. And that, that's where this is going to be really interesting, man. I, I can't wait to watch that matchup up front. And if they're able to win this one going back-to-back with what they did against Philly, I think we'll have a pretty firm answer that this offensive line is just flat-out good. Not relative to what they were previously. Relative to any other offensive line in the league. They're just a really good unit. Yeah, if Buffalo is able to play coverage in the back end the way they want to because those guys up front have been able to handle and control Clyde in the running game, that's huge. Can they continue to have scenes open there on the offensive line to to allow that run game to work? So this will be a big test for them. I know uh, I know BK, as, as we're going through when the Chiefs had the ball, you are really – you're really curious to see how the Bills secondary – uh, approaches this game against the Chiefs and their passing game. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, the way that NFL teams have gone about trying to defend the Chiefs is they're giving up everything underneath right now. And what they're doing is they're inviting the Chiefs to run. And you saw it last week. You've seen this the last few weeks, really. The Chiefs are taking it. And they're saying, okay, if you're going to let us run for five, six, seven yards a pop, We'll just do exactly that because there's very few bad things that can happen when you run the football. And there are a lot of potentially bad things that can happen when you throw. So they're doing that right now, or they're taking the underneath throw for Patrick Mahomes until he gets greedy and then tries to take something deep and then something bad happens. But the formula right now, if you want to call it that, as people did a couple of years ago when they thought people had the formula to beat the Chiefs, is limit possessions. Limit the number of possessions, increase the variability of the games, and hope to God at the end of the game, you've got a chance to win it, and you've got the ball, and you're able to take it down and score against this Chiefs defense, because more often than not, you're going to be able to do so. And it's worked. 
it worked for the Ravens. It worked for the Chargers and the Eagles. I mean, they played their game plan to a T. They're just not talented enough to execute it. I'm fascinated to find out if the Bills have that same game plan in this one, or if the Bills take the game plan that they've been using all season long and really over the last couple of years, and they start throwing the ball all around and they're willing to play defensively very aggressive up front. I don't know what they're going to do, Ron, but I think what you find out in this game is a lot about how the Buffalo Bills view themselves relative to the Chiefs. If they come out and play their game, they're telling you they think they can beat you straight up. If they come out and play the game that other teams have shown against the Chiefs, they're telling you that even though the Bills have taken that step, they still view themselves as slightly lesser than the Chiefs because they don't think they can beat you head-to-head. They have one of the best corners in the game, and I think they know they have one of the best corners in the game. Um, and I know they love their safeties. Now, Jordan Poyer, who was out last week, they didn't have. We'll see. He's questionable right now. But uh, Tredavious White, they love. And sometimes they like to, to, to use him being on their team at their advantage to where they kind of try to let him shut down uh, one, one receiver and then kind of do things the other, the other side of the field to help things. We'll see if they're idiots. Um, to me, they'd be idiotic if they think that they can do that with Tyreek Hill and him. Help, maybe they feel like they could do it with McCole Hardman. Maybe they feel like they could do and put uh, White on, on Travis Kelsey, which we've seen uh, Bill Belichick do before with Stephon AJ Gilmore. Boye did, Boye did that as well when the Chiefs used yeah. to play the Texans. And the, the Broncos would do it often with uh, with um kid from KU, that dog, uh, Chris uh, Harris. Yeah, Chris Harris. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, uh, but they'd be idiotic if they think, all right, man, we got Tre'Davious White, man. He we'll put him on. Tra- we'll put him on Travis or or Tyree Kill, and he'll shut him down. There's nobody can shut those two down. I, 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 they, there's nobody in the league I've not seen it that by themselves that can do it. They'd be smart if they look and see what they've seen on film to try to use that approach. Because what has happened in using that approach is this year, at some point, Pat gets impatient, Pat does something, and Pat just says, I'm going to get it in there. And then Pat goes Texas Tech, Pat Patrick Mahomes. And that, to me, has been the best way because his their offense is going to score and should be able to score against the Chiefs. They just got to be smart. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they are if they are if Le- Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are stubborn and say we're going to play our game. All right, this is what we do. Pound our chest. This is what we do. No, you're going to get your ass burnt if you do that. So uh, that that is that is intriguing to see how they approach uh, uh, how they're going to cover the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm just fascinated in terms of the overall game plan. Like, are they trying to play up-tempo, fast, and they're allowing, like, we're going to blitz a little bit here. We're going to play man-to-man on the outside. We're going to, hey, maybe you're going to get some shots on us, but we think we're going to get some shots on you as well. I'm fascinated to see, do they want to slow down this game and play a slog fest, or do they want to speed this up, and they believe man-for-man they're a better team than the Chiefs? I think that's something we're going to find out. It, it it's about their defense, but it's also about their offense and just their overall belief in where they are as a football team right now. Speaking of belief, Ron, when the Bills have the football, what's your belief level right now in this Chiefs defensive line? You mean the, the part of where all the money is on this defense? Yeah, that group. 
No, not good. Especially when you see Chris Jones hasn't practiced the last two days. And then we're sitting here Thursday night. He had practiced the two heavy days of the week because of this wrist issue that he has. No, I don't feel real good about it at all. Uh, they have been um, like that. They just been annoying to watch every week. I mean, they just get on my damn nerves every week. Just annoying to watch. And and if Chris Jones is hurt, maybe he needs to to, to chill and, and and back off if he's really that hurt. But Hell, I don't even know if that works because Frank frustrates me because he's just never available, it seems like. So he's not even out there. But they are frustrating as hell. We've talked, we've talked about it. This defense and Steve Spagnola's defense and his philosophy works when he has those guys up front dominating the game. And they haven't even come close to dominating the game. And we thought they had we thought they had a a a front where they could do that. We were seeing it in preseason games, and we were like, oh, my God, these boys look like they could be something. And they stink. We talk about uh, Sorensen. We talk about the reps that Thornhill are getting. We talk about how bad these corners are, are looking, and they are looking bad. Good God Almighty. But it was all supposed to be built about the guys up front. And they've just been – They've just been bad compared to what you think they should be. They have been bad. And I know I've talked about Chris Jones, but hell, he certainly doesn't have a lick of help up there. Uh, and, and Jaron Reed, he's been a disappointment, I would say the least. It's just so I, I don't know how you can have great confidence on this group with what they've shown this far. It's puzzling, man. I don't understand it. Like, I, I, I feel like I've watched a lot of football in, in my day. I legitimately don't understand what I'm watching with the Chiefs defensive line. It should be better than this. It should. They've got you good think. football players, and yet they're not playing quality football right now. And that's what doesn't make any sense. And it's why I still continue to believe that at some point it's going to click. But, man, we're we're getting – we're a third of the way through the season almost. And at some point I got to be able to see it kind of like what you said at the beginning of this show, I got to be able to see it to really have any belief that it's going to be any sort of consistency along the defensive line. Chris Jones has had some moments, but it's more flash than it is consistency. And I know that's kind of how it's been with Chris Jones in his career, but most of the time in Chris Jones career, he'll have drives where he just shuts down a drive completely. I don't know that we've yeah. seen that at any point this year where it's an entire drive that Chris Jones does not allow the offense to function. Mike Dan has had some moments, but most of his numbers that you're going to see on the stat sheet are like, hey, the quarterback was running around for five seconds and couldn't find anybody open, and Mike Dana was able to tackle him. And credit to him, man. He's he's playing all right up front. He's, he's probably been your second-best defensive lineman so far this year, and that is not saying anything positive about – Tershawn Wharton, who everybody loved a year ago and has really not done much for them so far no, this year. I mean, doesn't flash at all. It's been weird. And Jaron Reed, I was oh, really God. excited. We did our uh, um, certified or imposter on him. And I said, well, if you're asking me, is he a good football player? Like he's certified. He's a good football player. He hasn't been good this year. So I don't get it. But going into this game to answer the question, like what can we expect from them? If Chris Jones doesn't play, I'm expecting very little out of them in terms of pass rush because I don't know how I could possibly expect anything out of them right now. Can I can can I get a second for for Chiefs fans right now who are dogging on this defense but completely overlooking Jaron Reed? You should be more upset at Jaron Reed than any other player on this defense right any now. Any other? He was brought in on a one year deal, but it's a pricey one year deal. 
to be an effective one-year player who was supposed to change the defensive line. Chris Jones could move outside because they brought Jaron Reed in, and they could utilize Chris Jones in all these unique ways that they've never been able to do before because of Jaron Reed, and Jaron Reed has been hot garbage. He's been absolutely terrible for the Chiefs. It's been an awful signing. No wonder Seattle was like, thank God the Chiefs wanted to sign Jared Reed. Yeah, they said, thank God. Yeah, well, my my disappointment moves over to uh, the highest paid player on the defense because he's never out there. At least Jaron Reed is out there to get his ass kicked. Frank's not even out there to get his ass whooped. So uh, Jaron Reed's been awful. I think the big key that you said there, Serta, was he affords you to move Chris Jones outside. No, he doesn't. Not right now. He doesn't afford you to do nothing is what he doesn't afford. He's got that good-ass number, and he just needs – I mean, he, they gotta, they got to get something. That, that, that's what it is. And, we, and, and I think not as much Jaron Reed, but we do need to start pushing the issue with what the, what the defense is built around, and that is defensive line. That's what this defense is built around, and there's no surprise that they're as bad as they are with how bad they have been up front on the defensive line. The other thing, Ron, is in this game, like they need their defensive line to be good because if you get pressure on Josh Allen, he's more than happy to throw you the football. Like Josh Allen, his highs, the, the highlights that you see from his film, they're as good as any quarterback in the league not named Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not named Kyler Murray as well because his his highs are pretty incredible. But they're right up there with anybody else that you want to talk about in the NFL. His lows are as low as any quarterback in the NFL. Like Mitch Trubisky bad. He will just like throw the football to nowhere in particular just because. The moment that always comes to mind for me is in the playoff game that the Bills had against the Texans a few couple of years ago now where he just like randomly lateraled the ball to nobody. It was like a Yeah, they got away from him a bit. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I don't know where this is going. I'm just going to throw it out there and we'll see what ends up happening here. And that was just symbolic of how he plays the game if he is pressured. If he has any sort of pressure, whether it be just the situation in the game or the defensive line getting to him and forcing him off his spot, that's how you make him into those errant throws. But I don't have a whole lot of belief right now that the Chiefs are going to be able to do that because they haven't shown it against anybody. That's the thought is, can the Chiefs defense, who's been dreadful, can they just be good enough? to allow dumb Josh Allen to enter the game. Can they be good enough? Because Josh Allen, he, he'll he go through those moments where he's inaccurate as hell. He'll go through those moments where he thinks he can get it in there. He'll go through those moments where he just makes really bad decisions, right? But you got to take advantage of it. And in this game, with both offenses, which it feels like I'm taking the over, I would take the over on whatever this score is. Uh, but, but you look at both offenses, you feel like they're going to go up and down the field. The difference in the game could be the mistakes and turnovers. And I'm telling you, I watched Josh Allen last week play against the team I cover. The first throw he threw, he threw an airmailed a receiver and threw it right to the safety, just standing right there. And they returned the ball to the 13-yard line. Now, they didn't move it from the 13-yard line. The Texans didn't. And they turned over on downs. But that could be the difference in the game. And he's careless with the ball. He's always going to extend the play to try to make a play because he believes he can make a play and he's been stripped doing so. And so are, but, but, but if the chiefs just give him anything he wants, 
to where he don't have to make decisions. He don't have to think. He don't have to hold nothing. Like a lot of what we saw from Justin Herbert, there wasn't a lot of, like Justin Herbert's a good football player, but he's a great football player when it's all easy. And when you just got Mike Williams just running across the field by himself, or you got Mike Williams in single coverage against a player, you Mike, Mike Hughes, who can't do anything with them, like they can't make it that easy for him. So that's the thing is, can they just be good enough to let Josh Allen enter the game of mistake Josh Allen? And we'll see. And he's happy to oblige. Like oh, if you it. get him Hopefully there, he, he's more than happy to go there for you. You've just got to put a little bit of pressure on him and you've got to make life difficult for him. Uh, what one, one spot that I would say is like when he throws the ball in less than two and a half seconds this year. So when he throws it, gets it out of his hand quickly, he's really good. Josh Allen this year is completing 75% of those passes with five touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a 108 quarterback rating. When he Holds on to the ball. He's standing there. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. 50% completion rate, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 85 quarterback rating. He's been sacked five times. If he's waiting back there and you're making life difficult for him on the back end because nobody's getting open quickly, they're not showing quick, that's when you've got an opportunity. And that's when the defensive line has to start making him under pressure. And that's when he starts throwing the ball away a little bit. And those are just the interceptions that were caught. Man, you saw this. you saw this in the Texans game he's he's going to give you opportunities. You got to come down with him as a defender. Yeah, he, he, he put the ball on the ground three times because uh, he was extending plays and got stripped. So he he's there for you, but you got to be in position to strip it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the Chiefs are in that position. Hey, one more thing when the, when the Bills have the ball. Hey, the hero is back. The savior is back everybody's savior. You know what? I am, you know, I may even change my entire mind on this game because I didn't realize that Willie Gay, old W. Gay himself, they call him Big 50. Willie Gay is back, folks. He's going to completely change this entire defense is what it feels like I've heard. Boy, just wait till Willie Gay gets back. And now this defense is going to be ready to roll. He may play this week. Uh, hasn't hasn't been activated yet, but he may play this weekend. If Willie Gay's out there, it seems like Chiefs fans expect that he is going to turn this thing around. They're getting they're they're getting Ray Lewis back Sunday. Whoa! It's a hybrid Ray Lewis, Luke Keekley. Yeah, Luke Keekley with a little sprinkle of Mike Singletary, and he's ready to go. Right, that's what we're getting back. No Patrick Willis in there. Oh, no, he cares more than Patrick does. I that was low, Patrick. I'm sorry. I don't know how anybody can possibly think they know what they're getting in Willie Gay. How did we arrive here that Will Gay is the same? How many games has he played? What is it, like six? Well, like legitimate snaps. He's never started, so. I, I think Willie Gay might be a really good player. And it's almost similar to the conversation, although there are obvious differences. Notably, he's played football within the last three years. Um, But it's almost the same conversation that we were having previously about Josh Gordon. Like, I I don't know how you can possibly think you know what Willie Gay is as a player right now. And that's not to suggest that he can't be good. He very well might be. But we just don't know right now because he hasn't played enough snaps to know. And last year, 
there wasn't a whole lot to be super excited about. He didn't play particularly well when he had his opportunities. He was great in the preseason. I agree with every Chiefs fan on that. But man, I was excited about the Chiefs defensive line in the preseason. And if anything we've learned over the last four weeks now, it's we shouldn't we shouldn't trust our eyes with what we saw in the preseason. That stuff's fake football. It's not real. Just push it off to the side. So Willie Gay might come in and solve a lot of the issues for this defense. But he ain't solving all of them. They have way too many issues at cornerback right now. They've got too many issues at linebacker. They're not even getting set right half the time. There are some plays where they don't have the requisite number of players on the field. The, the amount of times that no huddle has given them issues this year is baffling to me. Willie Gay Jr. helps, potentially. He's but got, he is not the savior. He's got to be viewed as a complimentary piece. Like that, that, like that's how you have to look at him. You can't. He can't be viewed as all right. We're getting one of the guys back. He's he just fast. He's uh, just faster than every other linebacker that they have. So everyone assumes that makes him better. Now, and now it might. Again, it might. Now once again, he may. He may be Luke Keekley, right? He may be. But you, you can't have the expect. Okay, he's not Luke Keekley. But you can't have the expectation coming in like this is going to be. Whoo! All right, now everybody can get back to it. Like this isn't when Tyrod, when, when Tyrod Matthew returned from Game One. You were thinking, okay, we got an All Pro level guy coming back here. This is a complimentary piece that people are acting like. Oh, Willie Gay's coming in. He's about to change this thing. He's about to change this thing. Now he gets Ben Neiman off the field. And good God Almighty, talk about somebody with a good number who sucks. Ben ass. Neiman's been their best linebacker this year, man. <laughs> and it's I'm serious. I'm so serious. Sad, and he's awful. And what, I, about, I mean, what about Lightfoot Anthony Hitchens? It's been bad. It's been bad. I, I, I don't understand it. No, like Anthony Hitchens. Because I'm mean it to Anthony. But I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> but I'll just sit back here and fan myself with his sorry ass. I told you he's sorry, sorry, sorry. It's it's Out so there. disappointing because I, I thought he looked better in the preseason. He definitely looked faster and he played yeah. all right in week one. Since then, it's it's been downhill. He he looks and I'm not saying like physically slower. He looks like he's processing things slowly again. Because last year he really picked that up in a big way, and it was important for the defense when he was out there. You saw the difference when he was out there versus when he wasn't on the field because he got everybody set and his processing sped up. Man, his processing slowed down again. They're not getting set the way that they need to pre-snap. It, it's weird. It, it's almost as if they changed the scheme completely going into this season whenever they made the change with Chris Jones going outside. I don't know that to be true. I don't believe that to be true. But the way they're playing appears that that is true. So going into this game in particular against the Bills, it is going to be meaningful that they have a speedy linebacker because you mentioned earlier, Ron, I, I don't remember what you called the gentleman, but his name's Dawson Knox. Um, yeah. no, he, Knox. <laughs> he, uh, he's actually had a pretty successful season this year, especially in the red zone. He's a target they really like going to in the red zone. Your linebackers are going to be exposed against him because he's a really athletic player. Willie Game probably is your best matchup for a guy like that. Outside, they've got all kinds of weapons that are going to be problematic, and this is the type of game where I would like to see more Juan Thornhill um, because you're going to need speed on the field to be able to carry digs deep in particular, and they have really liked going to Emmanuel Sanders deep in recent weeks as well. Y your defense is going to be tested, and Willie Gay is going to help you there potentially because of his athleticism. 
But man, he ain't the savior. You're going to need Derek Nadi to step up. You're going to need Jaron Reed to step up. You need a good game out of Frank Clark. It's got to be everybody. It can't just be Willie Gay's back and now we're good defensively. That's not going to happen. They got without Willie Gay, they got nobody that can cover Dawson Knox. I'm going to tell you what. You're not tricking me, Anthony Hitchens. Just because you run really hard in the face <laughs> off the field does not mean that you're fast. Just because in his face he looks like he has a high level of intensity when he's moving doesn't mean he's moving fast. All right, 53. <laughs> I try to tell you. He runs off that field hard. He's it trying mean hard, he's fast. Man. He's trying hard. He's, he's giving, giving everything he has. Effort. He is. He's inspired by the Iowa Hawkeyes and their start to the season. But he ain't. he can't match it on the field. All right, we uh we play this little game every week before we get out of here. The game that is sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. And this week, the right tackle, one of the worst numbers he could select, number 67, Lu- Lucas Nguyen, or whatever how you say his name is. Niang, Lucas, come on, man. Lucas Niang. All right, yeah, I... Listen, certified, I, I, I'll let you guys go first with Lucas Niang. Uh, where are you at, BK? Is he certified or is he an imposter? He's an imposter thus far, and I, I think he might be a good player. He's shown some real flashes this year, and especially in the running game. There's been some moments where it's been really impressive, but he's been a liability so far in pass protection. And when he gets beat, and I noticed this, we talked about it a little bit, I think coming out of the preseason, when he gets beat, he gets beat quick. Because there are edge rushers that are just too fast for him. And this actually might be a decent matchup because the Bills don't really have a whole lot of like true speed rushers the way that the Chiefs have seen in recent weeks. So th- this might be an all right week for him, honestly. But like Chase Young next week against Washington, watch out, man. That could be a problem. Um, but it, he's he's been okay for a rookie. But I would say overall, he's had a below average start to the season. And the reason why I think he's an important player to watch over the next two weeks is because Kyle Long is going to be eligible to return from the PUP, Mm. from my understanding, in week six. I don't know where he's at health-wise. I don't know if he's going to return week six, seven, eight, week ten. I have no idea. If we continue seeing this level of play out of Lucas Niang, I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of a decision they make with Kyle Long because he was expected to be the starting right guard coming into the season over yeah, Trey Smith guard. Yeah. before he ended up getting hurt. He has some history at right tackle as well. If he comes back and he's healthy and he looks good and Lucas Niang is still playing at this level, I think there is a chance that by the end of the season, it is actually Kyle Long and not Lucas Niang starting at right tackle. That does not mean that Lucas Niang isn't the answer. He very well could be, but I wouldn't be stunned to see Kyle Long be the answer for the right now and Lucas Niang be the answer for the long term. Yeah, you can't certify him right now. He's shown some flashes of being a good right tackle. I I think that he's flown under the radar a little bit because Mitchell shorts was such a high profile right tackle for the chiefs. And he was so exceptional for them during his time year. that I think Lucas Niang has been a little overlooked, but like BK said, he's shown some glimpses, but when he's bad, he's been real bad. And so I don't think you can certify him in any way, but I also don't have a ton of faith. Like, yeah, this Buffalo Bills defensive line is physical. 
but they're not guys who are like crazy athletic outside of L Ed Oliver that I'm like super afraid of. They've had a good schedule so far. So I'm confident that Lucas Nian can bounce back a little bit here, but maybe he's just not a good pass blocker. Might just not be Lucas's thing. That's a problem for this team and this offense. But I, I, when you, when you were saying that I almost went the BK route of certified and that is, for what he's done, for what is his expected of him, but I can't, st- I still can't go certified. I wouldn't <laughs> respect myself. Uh, you you got to go imposter, but to me, imposter with the arrow pointing up, for me, like, uh, like I, I agree with a little bit what Serta said there. I, I, the moments there with his age and how young he is and how much he's played at this level, the moments there, it's almost like a quarterback, right? You know, uh, Zach Wilson for the Jets have had some awful, awful moments. Like, what the hell are you looking at, son? You did not see him standing right there. You were confused. And then, but then you'll see, oh, that that's the talent you see. That's the throw you see. That's the ability you see. And I get that a bit from Lucas Niang. Is sometimes you'll see moments where, oh, that's 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 the the talent that you see, and why Mike Rimmers can stay his ass on the bench. Like that's 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 where you see it sometimes from him. So I would say imposter with the arrow pointing up. Now you can't just leave him by himself with the likes of Joey Bosa. That's not going to help. We can't go five man protection. I don't care how much you want to do it, Andy. That's just not going to work. You're going to leave him over there by himself with Joey Bosa. But I do think, and I hear the Kyle Long thing, and I haven't heard anyone else say that. So I'll give you credit for that. That that's something to think about. I just think. What is this? Four weeks. I feel like you could see a good level jump from him in another four or five weeks to where these things he's improved with with his ex- experience. So that's why I'd say imposter with the arrow pointing up. I think that's totally fair. I, I just I know for the Chiefs, the one spot that they have been in recent years willing to make a change even late in the season is along the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, we've we've seen them switch guys out late into the year to be able to get more of that veteran presence if somebody's not playing well on the O-line. So I'll be interested to see what it looks like. I, I think it's worthy of finding out what he looks like over the next four or five weeks because like even when Kyle Long gets back he's probably not going to be in football shape right away so give it some time there's no reason to rush this he hasn't been so bad that he has to be replaced but because they have good depth this year and they have other options that would be the only reason you would even consider doing something like this if you think Kyle Long just flat out gives you a better chance to win in a potential Super Bowl year last thing I was curious about Ron before we get out of here do you think Arrowhead is still a home field advantage in these games? Because I, I'm looking at it in Patrick wow. Mahomes' career. Oh, you're coming here now. In Patrick Mahomes' career, the Chiefs are four and three in home night games. Four and three. I would have expected a better record in those games. The three losses are against Green Bay, Indy, and the Chargers, and the wins are not particularly impressive. Cincinnati, Houston, New England, and Denver, and that was New England post-Tom Brady. Does does this game being at Arrowhead make you feel more confident that the Chiefs are going to win it? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you it's my upbringing. Um, I, it's hard for me not to say that 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 arrowhead is not a home field advantage with that team and i think also i want to i want to give a a caveat to one of those games i'm pretty sure mahomes was out against the packers 
in that game, and that was a that was a, a Matt Moore performance you're that right. night. Yeah, uh, so was Aaron Jones went nuts that game. Yeah, Aaron Jones. So because, four and two because Anthony Hitchens kept ending up in coverage against Aaron Jones, and it was good night. I will never forget that. <laughs> I night. forgot about uh, that. Yeah, but uh, but uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think it. I think Arrowhead is still uh, a big a big uh, advantage. I just need them to stop playing foolish on the field. Some of that may may be like like jump into it. Like let, let let's let's play a good level headed uh, uh, play a game. They've run into Brady a couple of times, and he's he's in, he's he can be an issue. So no, I think it's still an advantage. I think Arrowhead should be nuts Sunday night. People should be good and hammered I hope by so. the time that game starts. So yeah, I still think it is a it, it, it's an advantage. They got to stop playing. I can't blame the blame the fans. They got to stop playing foolish. No, 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 no. I, I'm Idiots. certainly not blaming the fans at all. I, I just, I think in general, home field advantage in sports has been um, devalued over the years. I, I think there is less of a home field advantage in sports uh, than there has been in previous years. But I, I think that if ever there was a home field advantage, this feels like the game where it should exist for me. I'm taking the Chiefs. I know you said early in the podcast you're taking the Buffalo Bills. I, I'm taking the Chiefs in this one. I think they end up winning it by seven. I'll go Chiefs 38, Bills 31. Chiefs win it at home and cover the spread. What you got, Serta? I'm in the exact same boat as BK. That's actually the exact prediction that I made on arrowheadpride.com earlier today was Chiefs 38, Bills 31. I got I got Bills 38, Chiefs 35. Um in this game, like I said, uh I hope to come back with new evidence next week say, all right, this Chiefs team looks more like the Super Bowl contender we thought. But at this point, I don't. I got the Bills in this game, uh, just what the evidence has shown me leading up to this. All right, uh, Serta, hey, make sure you all stay stay tuned because uh, Serta and, uh, and Pete Sweeney after the game, I know it's going to be late, but you all will have press conferences and everything. You guys will, will, will keep killing it in that post-game show. I know I watch it after every game almost when I'm not asleep. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It's actually going to be me and uh, Rocky Magana well, this that's week on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Pete Sweeney will be on the ground for us. We'll talk to him after the game, though. You don't have to. All right. Um, yeah, man, it's been fun. Let's see what happens in this game. Uh, th- this may be the best opponent they play all year. We'll see. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are really, really good, and they're going to be fired up for this game because the Chiefs ended their season. We'll see if the Chiefs match their intensity coming up on Sunday. BK, Serta, Rodney, show, show, show and BK on the Chiefs. We are out.